Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. Hear the commandments of God to his people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of bondage. You shall have no other God but me. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we must. 
Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all advertisements which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Exodus. God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. 
but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your manservant or your maidservant, or your cattle or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant, or his maidservant, or his ox, or his ass, or anything that is your neighbor's. The word of the Lord. A reading from 1 Corinthians. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will thwart. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since... In the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, 
and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers at their business. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all with the sheep and oxen out of the temple. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. You shall not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for thy house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign have you to show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all with the sheep and oxen out of the temple. He poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. This morning, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we heard the righteous anger of Jesus. Or at least that's how it's preached a good bit of the time. I've heard many sermon, many sermon in my time that said, well, it's okay. See, it's okay 
to get angry if certain situations dictate. These sermons often look to Jesus as an innocent, righteous one and those who sell the livestock and change the money as godless heathen. But there's something in this look that this particular look at the gospel often takes for granted. We assume that the sellers of livestock and the money changers are in fact godless heathen who are willfully and with intent on purpose defiling the temple. But what if those godless heathen are not godless heathen at all? Now let me explain with a little more background what's going on on today's gospel before we answer that question. Today we meet the gospel of John at the feast of the Passover. The Jewish feast that remembers the escape from slavery in Egypt. The Passover remembers the night when all the Israelites killed their best lambs. And covered the lintels of their door posts, the tops of their doors, with the blood from that lamb. So God would pass over their house and spare the lives of their male infants. Now in doing so, the wrath of God, as I said, passed over the house of the Israelites. But it did not the Egyptians. So only the sons of the Egyptians were taken. So on Passover, it was required as an act of remembrance that the Israelite would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and present an animal to the temple priest so that he could make the required sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, depending on a person's stature, someone might offer a pigeon, a sheep, or a head of cattle. And if a person had to come from far away, another continent to make the pilgrimage, it was not possible to bring livestock along on the journey. So the pilgrims were forced to purchase livestock once they arrived in Jerusalem. But there was yet another obstacle to this. Jewish law forbid it to use Roman currency within the boundaries of the temple or in any dealings that involved the practice of Judaism. So money from these four corners of the earth had to be changed from Roman to Jewish or temple currency, done at the temple as well. So on its face, there's nothing at all godless or heathen about all of this. These practices were thought out, were approved with the expanse of the Jewish population to the four corners, to different continents, and the demands of temple practices, concessions had to be made. People had to be accommodated if this cultic temple practice of sacrifice was to be continued. And the temple workers who sold the livestock and changed the money were doing only what they were told or allowed to do. They were only providing a necessary service for the greater good of Judaism. Not bad guys at all. But yet Jesus turns their tables over and runs off their wild beasts, their livestock. Several interesting points arise. The most obvious point is that perhaps what Jesus was actually angered over was systemic. That is to say, Jesus was angered not in an individual or a group of individuals, but at the systems in place to maintain the practices of the temple. It was not that temple worship is evil. No, no, no. Jesus time and time again throughout the gospel record directs Persons to the temple priest. Go show yourself to the priest. Go wash and show yourself to the priest. 
He lives fully into these cultic Judaic practices. Rather, it is the practices of the temple that have become distorted, had become twisted from their original meaning and intent. So what was once good and holy, what was once pleasing to God, had become something that was not. And of particular interest to us, this Lent, is the actual merchants in the temple. The folks changing money and selling animals for sacrifices. They too had become distorted, twisted from their original objective of providing a necessary service for the faithful. Instead of serving the temple, they began to allow the temple to serve them. I'll say that again. Instead of serving the temple, they began to allow the temple to serve them. Instead of feeling and acting that they owed God something, their very lives, they began to feel and act that God owed them something became a place not of contemplation and prayer, but of commerce. So while they remained practicing religious folk, their idea of what true worship and service was began to get skewed. These people became self-serving instead of selfless servants. Now what makes this so difficult is that it is hard to tell what's going on. These merchants in the temple were wrapped up in the middle of wrapped up in the heart of their faith. They were probably some of the more dedicated folks around if you saw them. And in being some of the more dedicated folks around the faith, they also were in greater danger of losing their own faith by distorting it and twisting it. So this passage from the Gospel of John becomes even more pressing for us today. If the danger was present then, It is present now here among us. Ask yourself the question, do I owe God something when I come here or does God owe me something? Do I serve the church or does the church serve me? Now, I feel relatively certain that none of us are going to admit openly that we think the church should serve us and our needs first and foremost, perhaps only. Most likely, we will not even admit that to ourselves. For that matter, many people who think God, the church, owe them something do not even really know they feel that way. It's subconscious. It might take our Lord turning over a few tables, releasing the wild beasts for us to become aware of this at all. Something else for us to think on, questions to chew on this week. To answer this question, servant or served, is church a priority in our lives? If it is farther down on our list of things we do, then church might have gone from a place where we be servants of the church to a place where the church serves us when we feel we need it or when nothing else gets in the way. Do we look at worship, our time here, as an obligation to God? Or do we see it as a tool, an activity that makes us feel better, that meets our needs, that affirms us? 
Is the parish, is our common life and our common liturgy a springboard for ministries first and foremost? Or do we expect ministries to be provided us from the church? Do we give to the church as you would give to God himself? Or is giving in this place only one more in a line of charitable contributions? Now to put it bluntly and succinctly, do you expect to give more to God than you get? Or do you expect to get more from God than you give? This whole idea of becoming like the merchants this morning is a very slippery slope, brothers and sisters. It is a fine line we walk between servant and served. Truth be told, we are at one time both the same and the other. We are both servant and ones who are served. So it is not that we drop off the edge of a cliff into an abyss of distortion. Rather, we slide down the slope into the mire, a lot of times unknowingly. Lent is the unleashing of the wild beasts in the temple. Lent is the turning over of the tables. Lent is supposed to awaken in us our true selves. Lent is supposed to cause us to look at hard things in our life and at the same time give us courage. Examine your souls this Lent. Think about the merchants and the temple in St. John's Gospel. Recall they were not godless heathen, but were faithful near the heart of Jewish faith, near the heart of faith, yet fallen and distorted, most likely unknowingly. Do not shy away from asking yourselves hard questions. Do you seek to serve the church or do you seek to be served by the church? Our brothers and sisters, let us pray one and all that we have the grace of God and the courage to overcome those things which seek to drag us into the mire of those who sought to be served. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Standing, let us affirm our faith in God and in his holy church. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty.
Continuing on page 9, prayers of the people kneeling. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all those whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, we could commend to your mercy all those who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray for our own needs and for those of others. For our handmaids with child, especially Heather Brown, Catherine Davis, Jessica Dees, Maggie Farrell, Catherine Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Hancock, Kim Johnson, Amanda Kennedy, Jennifer Malone, and Lynn Williver. And for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Richard Follis, Michael Howard, Christy Leverett, Laura Palmer, and Holly Wilson. And for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially Mike and Carol Gibbs and Chris and Candy Peavy. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Connie Baxter, Lisa Bouchelon, Forrest Boyd, Beth Boykin, Mike Bullock, Cesar Centeno, Luca Seraldo, Ed Dorothy, Jerry England, Bonnie Gardner, Misty Hamm, Bill Hersom, Leroy Jensen, Sharon Lola Rochelle, Lynn Jenkins, Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Della McAllister, Josie McDaniel, Jean Miller, Austin Morgan, Cherie Parrish, Jenny Lou Kwong, Catherine Rich, Ashley Rogers, Deanna Scott, Rule Shows, Casey Smith, Don Smith, Robert Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stansel, Henry Temple, Joan Todd, Kitty Wagaspak, Shirley Waldrop, and Maria Webb. And for all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazar, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Butler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, 
Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jane Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jamalo, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, R.P. Powell, Howard Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Vincent, James Warner, Mark Waters, and Wyatt Welch. Lord, in your mercy. O oh, thou who hast prepared a place for our soul, prepare our soul for that place. <laughs> prepare it for the holiness, prepare it for the desire, and even while it sojourneth upon earth, let it dwell in heaven with thee, beholding the beauty of thy countenance and the glory of thy saints, now and forevermore. The peace of the Lord be always with you, and also with you. Good morning uh, and welcome to St. John's on this third Sunday in Lent, also the first Sunday in uh, Laurel Jones County spring break, which is why we have this huge crowd. I hope you all found a seat this morning. Uh, this week, there will be a few changes in this in the scheduling due to spring break. Um, morning prayer at 805 has been discontinued. Uh, also, the Wednesday noon healing Eucharist with unction has been Cancel for this week. We will, however, still have the evening prayer at 515 followed with the soup and salad dinner. So that will still happen. Uh, so please pay special attention to, to that calendar. Um, I want to point your attention to um, some of our Lenten offerings upcoming. The Daughters of the King will offer their Lenten quiet time uh, Tuesday, March 20th at 1030 a.m. That's always a wonderful treat. So I encourage you to consider that making uh, making that a part of your discipline. Uh, also know that Children's Sunday School will not be held next Sunday either due to spring break. Uh, adult classes will, however, meet uh, as regularly scheduled. And I, I think that's all that's pressing and do. I, I want to take a moment, um, a bragging moment, if you will. I want to brag on one of our, where's Sarah? There she is. On Sarah, uh, who, who Thursday it was, right? Friday, uh, defended her dissertation. So now we have among us Dr. Sarah Mabry. So uh, y'all be sure to congratulate her. Sarah, uh, Sarah's been a, been a member of our choir for some some years now, five years, five years. So, uh, it's home. Congratulations, yeah, into home. This is home for her. Um, so again, everyone, welcome. Ascribe to the Lord the honor to His name. Bring offerings and come into His courts.
Please stand. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for his many, many blessings. Remembering especially our Lord's great acts of mercy. Remembering the Ten Commandments and the sending of his Son to be our Savior. We offer special intentions this day for all those who are traveling over spring break. That God's mercy and protection and joy will go with them. We hold before you also this day the pilgrims of Lent. Remembering especially those Christians who live in areas where the proclamation of their faith could cost them their very lives. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Amen.
Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. Tonight is handed over to suffering and death. Our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink ye all this, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. <laughs> Therefore we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And we celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, and the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit, to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament, and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
gifts of God for the people of God.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, Bow down before the Lord. Look mercifully on this, your family, almighty God, that by your great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.